morning, angels. Wake up! Wake morning, gentlemen. Nice day for a heist, see? Nah. Good morning, Americans. It's one in the morning. Good morning. Okay, okay, let's get this show on the road. Get fired up! Cook down, tough guy. Are we ready? Let's freaking go, man. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to begin. Wake up. Wipe the crust from your eyes. It's time for C1 in the morning. Good morning. Yeah, buddy. You're listening to C1 in the morning, your midweek disc golf morning show. I am your host, Luke, and with me is... Derek D. Double You already know what it is. Before we get into all the happenings of the Waco annual charity open that happened over the weekend, let me just tell you, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Are you are you on our Instagram? Are you on our Facebook? Are you on our, our Twitter? I don't think you are because you don't have the address. It's at C1 in the morning at Facebook. No, at C1 in the morning on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash C1 in the morning. Hey, and while you're there, if you click on the link, it'll direct you to our speak pipe, which you can communicate with the show. Ask us questions, debate us, tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right, shower us with kisses. Whatever you want to do, go there. We'll play it live on the show. We got our first video up on YouTube, too. We got our first video up on YouTube. The interview that you heard last week with Scott Stokely in its entirety on video is up on YouTube right now. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go check it out on there. We could use the views. Let's be Watch honest. Subscribe while you're All there. The things. Absolutely. Okay. Now that that's out of the way. Yeah. Some happenings happened. Kyle Klein, baby. The Michigan Yo. boy took it. Let's 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 start with let's start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. FBO day one. The long awaited debut of Kristen Tatar for the season, coming off what we thought, I mean, obviously an elbow injury. Yeah, she had surgery. 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 Four months removed, goes, shoots the hot round. Yep. And we're like, I mean, never missed a step. Never missed a step. But then round two. A new challenger appears. Yeah, Ella Hansen. In the name of Ella Hansen. She came to play this last weekend. It also didn't help that Kristen Tatar didn't have that hot of a round day two. She did, yeah. She, I mean, she didn't play terrible by any means. No, but she but, did not have that hot of a round compared to day one. And Ella Hansen um, decided to seize that moment day two and went off. off. Went off. For sure. Um, and it came down to them kind of battling it out day three. Yeah, day three shows up. Kristen's doing okay, not playing her best. Ella's starting to kill it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, man, Ella might take this down. And I heard that Kristen wasn't paying attention to scores. No. She was like, once she she, she hit a double bogey. And she's like, well, that's got to be it for me. So she stopped paying attention to scores until her upshot on 17 or eight, 18. She didn't even know that she needed to hit that that uh putt for the win until she threw her first shot and then decided to check scores yeah that but a couple of the interviews from just over the weekend she kind of mentioned something which made all the sense in the world to me is that like this was her first tournament of the year coming off of the injury and right. the surgery so in her perspective she had no pressure yeah you could see it on the way she interacted with her caddy like even after missing a putt she's still laughing and joking around like it looked like she didn't have any stress on it, which is how you want to be. Let's yeah. be honest. Yep. Now, whoever, however, someone who had all the stress on her, Ella Hansen, she was killing it. And then she started to fall apart. You could see like in that there was kind of just like that big moment of camaraderie yeah. of, you know, everybody just hugging her and surrounding her. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, 17 happens. Uh, Kristen throws a great forehand to right. You couldn't place it in a better spot. You couldn't place it in a better spot. Ella throws, saws it off. Not a great spot. She starts, she's up first, obviously. Uh, goes with a forehand. Too scared of hanging out over the water is what you need to do on 17 to get it in a good position. Yep. 
ends up clipping a tree. And from the coverage, it looks like it falls straight down, even to the point where Brian Earhart's like, yeah, I, it, I, I'm not a good vantage point, but from the looks of it, it's safe. Yep. And then it goes to Ella's shot and she's OB. And we're like, oh, no. You know, that's, she's already throwing four to get an upshot. It's going to be a bogey. It's going to be an uphill climb. At best. Uphill climb. Then Kristen throws her upshot. It's okay. It's it's probably circle's edge. Average. You know. But she had been fire with the putter all weekend. Yeah. That straddle putt she has, bro. She just knows how much spin and loft. Right. And putter was on fire. However, she dinks the putt on 17. Yep. So we're like, ooh, par, bogey. That means it's all. It's she's uh, she's put down by a stroke going into 18. Correct. Throwing first, lays up, which you do. She she doesn't really have the power to get over the water. And you can lay up far right over the water because it actually cuts it off, but it's not really that, but helping the, you. Any. On that shot, though, it, it's, it makes it difficult, especially if you if you try to lay up far right. Right. It makes it, it, it brings OB. Upshot. Yeah, it also yeah. brings OB into play a lot. You're faster. either throwing a really super sketchy forehand upshot, which mm. is slightly going to have to go over the water for right. it to have good placement, or you're going backhand, which brings the water into play as soon as your disc starts to die off. Right. Ella, with the pressure and let's face it, her inexperience, it, she did the right thing. She knows she has the power to get over the water. She's done it all. Two other days. Yep. So she tries to go over the water. However, in her, I'm going to say mental state, because she's got a lot of pressure, she yanks it too far right, ends up going OB. That's when Kristen says she checked the scores, and she goes, oh, I have a chance to win this. Yeah. Like, and this is just speaking from my personal perspective, because, I mean, speaking even for me, like, in a B tier. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, that. You, you're got putt for the win. Like there is physical anxiety, not just mental anxiety. You, for sure. Your body is physically shaking and you're have that, like you feel your heartbeat in your chest, that adrenaline starts to pump. Right. And like you said, if, if you have not been in that position previously to mm-hmm. know how to collect those feelings, focus in on what you're doing and still remain consistent to what you've been doing the two other days. Right it's going to tear you down and break it every single time. And I I will say that if I'm in Ella's position, the last person I want to see that has a putt for the win in that position is Kristen Kristen Tatar Tatar of all you, you just go like, she's been here several times. She was here. What? Eight times last season. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. And FBO itself was kind of steady through all three days. I think we kind of knew after day one, what we were going to be seeing come day three. Right. We were going to be seeing, you know, a handful of paid shoe. Notable yeah, mention. she was up like there. She was she was making a run for it. Yeah, she was my dark horse pick. Took seven. She was making a seventh run. or eighth. Yeah, she was making a run for it at one point. Um, but I think we knew after day one what we were going to be seeing. Kind of at the end of day three, it was going to be Ella, Kristen, and the other two people were kind of up in the air based off of fluctuation in scores. Between yeah, day two, day three. Annika Sten showed up. Fire. She the the lefty. Uh, sponsored by Guru Dis from I think she's from Finland. Yes, could be wrong. She's from Europe. We'll go with that. It's more broad. But um, yeah. I mean, my dark horse pick was not there this last yeah. weekend. Yeah, Kona unfortunately. Fans. Thoughts and prayers go out to to Kona Montgomery. Montgomery. That's gonna be weird to say. Like, yeah. just get used to. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, Kristen Tatar walks away with the win. So I'm just gonna call him C Monty. C Monty, K Monty, K Monty. All right, I actually like K Monty a lot. So Kona, if if it reminds me of just by the bananas, you you come across this podcast. K Monty, K Monty is going to be the new nickname. Put it on the back of your jerseys. Do it. On the other side, MPO. This was fun. Really quick before we slide to MPO, okay? Because I know that we're kind of bouncing over here. Yeah. Quick notable other mention. Paige Pierce's first event of the season. Right. She obviously didn't come out on top, but I don't think she played bad. I think she played. She She's notorious not, she's notoriously not good in the Texas swing. Correct. But I think that f- for all intent and purpose, 
that we she played how we expected her to play coming off of the brief hiatus right as well as not starting the tour with everybody else that's fair i i i wasn't personally i didn't think Paige was going to be even a factor in this tournament because was it last season or two seasons ago when she had the chance to be the first thousand rated female golfer she just needed to get through the texas swing to do so and completely obliterated because she does not do well in the texas swing which is weird because she's from texas texas is rough though yeah texas and arizona and las vegas those places where it's just like wind dry windy yeah dry (laughs) windy windy um but they had they had snow yeah in in in, uh vegas yeah so yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying like i'm counting her out for the season by no no, no, means i just i i I think everybody expected for her to play how she played like not great not terrible just middle of the pack trying to get a bearing on where she is for the season trying to dial in yeah newer plastic she might be on my top three for the open at austin which we'll talk about later but yeah i mean we'll new see. course yeah looks so pretty yeah I, I, um, I mpo mpo will slide over slide over so this was fun because everybody was making a run dude there was like 10 people within two strokes of each other especially that first day conditions couldn't have been better I mean, even Eric Oakley shot a 10 down and I was just like, because mm? I keep saying it's either the person you expect or the person you don't. And I was like, could Eric Oakley be the guy that I don't expect? Could be. Yeah. But, well, uh, quickly, and I don't mean to no, play pinball here with topics, just quickly brushing back to FPO to quickly kind of touch on our our picks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to wrap it all at the end, but we can do it now. Yeah, I figure we just section it off. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Picks. Um, I walked away with three points for FPO with mm-hmm. Kristen Tatar um, placing first. Yep. Who was my first round pick. That was it for me. Um, <laughs> and Mr. Luke, Mr. Luke skated out of there, bro, with six points. To, to be fair, Scott Stokely made my picks. So yeah. thank you, Scott, for I'm going to have Scott those pick my picks. picks next week. There you go. Uh, for Ella Hansen in second place. So I yeah, got so you had six points. I got six points for that because I had Kristen Tatar as well in first. Yep. So six points, and that brings our current season totals to three and a half points for myself mm-hmm. and seven points even. For yes. Mr. Luke. Yes. I mean, there's still plenty of season left, and I'm not even gonna, yeah. I'm not even gonna gloat. Oh no, no, no. But um, now, MPO again, MPO. Yeah. Correct. Craziness ensued day one. I think some of like the like you said kind of crazy out there ones that I wasn't expecting to be so high up there after day one. Um, Eric Oakley mm-hmm. mentioned him. Um, James Conrad. Yeah. James Conrad was, top he was 10 making like a the run. whole weekend. Um, had some really banging long putts. Um, James Conrad. And this is going to be really kind of weird and out there. I don't know what it is, right? But James Conrad wearing white, what looked like white, nike sbs mm-hmm. for shoes changes the dynamic of who i think james conrad is <laughs> so like when he was wearing like the i mean like he, the trail he, hiking shoes yeah. you know what i mean he puts off that i'm he he puts off the mvp vibe like right. the nerdy sciencey type of guy you know mm-hmm. what i mean when james conrad puts on white nike sbs and he's, goes out to a disc golf course. He's the cool guy. He looks like he is like he he carries the skateboard on the back of his <laughs> backpack. So when he gets finished with his round, he's longboarding back home. That's the vibe that I get from James Conrad while juggling. While juggling, why not? But he like the swag level. I don't know what it was, but he mm-hmm. just looked a little bit more swagalicious I, out there with the white SBs on. Bro. It, it translated to his game. He he banged some long putts. He was in contention for pretty much most of the weekend another notable mention that was kind of up there in the in the talks for most of the weekend he made lead or chase car he uh he was on chase card final day uh big sexy baby nate sexton oh yeah he was on chase card day day three i think people forget how good nate sexton is because he doesn't play a lot of the tour that and it's just like the i think the translation of the game has changed and it, so much and yeah i and it, I have a, I have a, I have some points on the course 
that we'll talk to you after we get to done with the results because I think this plays in the whole Nate Sexton con- concept. Perfect. All right. Yeah, but Nate Sexton, he played really well. Um, I mean, Brody had a good day, nine down first day. Yeah, Brody was up there. Uh, I mean, Paul just, was up there. Yeah, there was several players within a, just a few strokes of the lead. What What's crazy to me is to think that who was on lead card mm-hmm. going into day three. Right. Not a single one of them won. No. no. That's crazy to me. Adam Hammes had a great... He had a great showing day two to put himself on lead card for James day three. Proctor has been had his name up on lead or chase card in the last two tournaments. And this is the second tournament in a row that he gets the lead card final day. And, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to say he blows it, but he just doesn't have the round that he's had the first two days. He also is. And, and I will. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. He is transitioning a bag. Fair. And like actively because he. um Disc Golf Network, DGN, mm-hmm. just started, posted like one of their very first, like in the bags, like right. official in the bags on DGN. Yeah. Uh, James Proctor was that person. Right. And he even says in that, in the bag where he has one disc that he's had tried and true. And right. He knows what it does, but he's trying to transition to something different with his new manufacturers. Like, uh, what was the one he was like? Yeah. Firebird. Like Firebird has always been my go-to. Right now, he has to overs- figure out the Firebird like from either Thought Space or Infinite. Um, but he could throw been, a Firebird. But he's also sponsored by Clash. So oh yeah, he's been, he's been and in in the bag. He explains that he's been trying to transition from the Firebird to Eric Oakley's Spice. Oh okay. And it's like things like that where like his Destroyer, he's trying to transition away from the Destroyer. Right. Things that. Yeah, you know, when you're that, with a company for long enough, it's going to be hard to find, especially when you have five of them in your bag in various forms of wear, where you can be like, okay, plastic. this is my understable destroyer, and just pull it out and tailwind, and you know. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and so I'll give him that. He's still trying to transition the bag, and that comes with its 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 woes for sure. But from what I saw, most of his woes was putting. He was leaving them high. Same for Eric Oakley. Yeah. Eric Oakley was hot. And, and it could have been a little bit of the wind days on day two and three. Day two and three were definitely a little bit windier. Yeah. Um, we we saw Adam Hammes snag an ace. Uh, yeah, whole eight. So, so he was collecting pars and pars and pars. And we're like, bro, you need to get something going. And then he steps up in four hands. Yep. Makes the strokes back in one hole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ties it up for the lead in one hole with that yep. with that ace. But um, so lead card we had <clears throat> Adam Hammes, James Proctor, Calvin Heinberg. Mm-hmm. Who else was on there? Uh, Cole Radolin. Thank you, Cole. Which Cole Radolin, oh, bro? He's gonna be a problem. I, I I forget everything I just said about transitioning a bag because like he is also transitioning a to bag. GGA. Yeah, they zero pars i will say he he could he's used to the plastic because he used to be sponsored by discraft so he's used to the plastic of dga discs yes but he was most recently sponsored by mvp no he went from uh discraft to infinite and ev7 and then dropped them pretty quick and got picked up by dga i think that was with mvp that is no longer with mvp not sure and and my brain shut off all right continue Um, (laughs) but dude yeah no so he he shot i think 12 down 11 or 12 down but he had two bogeys and a double bogey on the card yep bro cleans that up he would have shot i think a 14 or 15 down which would have put him in first place Mm -hmm. he would have won he He's 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there, and has the poise of someone who's been on the tour for years. And he's, is he's a big boy. Yeah, he's got great form. Clean needs to clean up the putt a little bit, but when he was hitting putts, they were perfect. He is gonna be a problem when his game matures, and none of us are ready for it. I agree. I think we're going to see a lot of Cole Riddell and even just this season. Yeah. We're probably going to see a little bit more. He's, he's been on lead cards and up there before, but this, this is the first time I got to see him and what he can do. 
and he's going to be a problem. Yeah, he did really well. Um, but not as well as the winner. As the winner, Kyle hometown Klein. Guy. Hometown guy. Hometown bro. guy. Shout out Wyoming, Michigan, Kyle Klein. Which, if it for those who don't know, that's close by Grand Rapids, which is the site of the Amateur World Champions in 2024. Which is approximately an hour and 45 minutes away from where we are. So, so it's kind of like we're brothers. The next time that you're coming home, please go ahead and reach out to uh, Luke and myself. Uh, we'll hit you with an interview for C1 in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, super shout out to Kyle Klein. He really deserved this one, man. Like he thought and fought and fought and played aggressive and he he threw the aggressive line on every hole that he needed to throw the aggressive line like the immediately the one thing that comes to mind is the shot round three he launches this disc and for at least a full four minutes Mm. everybody's waiting in anticipation because we all thought it was obi oh are you talking about on 15 yeah yeah. We all thought it was OB. It looked OB. It looked like it did not come back in from the fence. Right. And that would have been it. He yeah. would have been out of it. There would have been no way for him to come back had he been OB uh, unless he threw it in. Like, wait. Yes and no. So if he got away with a bogey, he still would have won the tournament if he played the rest of his round the way he did. I'm not saying that he would have because it might have put a chink into like the mental armor. Mm-hmm. But if 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 that hole turns into a bogey, you only would have been one stroke off, which still would have been one stroke over Adam Hammes because Adam Hammes on 18 needed to ace to push a playoff. Correct. So he still would have won, but I'm not saying that, who knows, that shot, if it was a bogey, might have completely ruined his round for him. All I'll know is I sat there and I was genuinely like, bro, that sucks so bad. Yeah. Like you're... Th- four three holes and, four holes and, you away. know all, all the commentators are like yeah he's playing great today and then it goes over the fence like, like oh, oh no. god <laughs> yeah he's ob oh my god that's 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 just such a terrible outcome for kyle klein yeah and i'm just like bro that sucks so bad like yeah and then he you were there <laughs> and then he went guardian leviosa it back underneath the fence i bro but that's the second time that happened because the same thing happened in FPO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Ella, yeah. actually. Yeah. Same thing happened in FPO where it went wide. Everyone was like, oh, man, she she's OB. Right. And then when they got up to it, because, yeah, there was a huge controversy, a controversy with that, like, in amongst the non-professional disc golf world. Like, I was right, seeing stuff yeah. posted all over social media. Like, how is that fair? What is she doing? You get two throws for everybody out there listening um and we'll we'll even uh break to educate here yeah i'm gonna find a button nope not not it it. not it not it not it not it not it (laughs) uh okay well i actually have to now figure out which one it is where did i put it please hold yeah please hold please hold oh here it is Thank you. Break to educate. <laughs> All right. So for those of you out there, um, what Ella Hansen did was called a provisional throw. She called a provisional shot, meaning she or her card mates could not determine if her first throw was considered inbounds or out of bounds. They mm-hmm. did not know. So because of that, Ella called a provisional shot, choosing to throw a second shot in the event that if they did get up to where her first shot landed and it was OB, she could take the second shot with a one-stroke penalty. Correct? No. So a provisional is like, I guess because there's no drop zone on that, right? Correct. So, yeah, I guess that would be the case in that particular hole. Right. Yeah. Like that situation, she would have taken the penalty stroke. Mm-hmm. And thrown from the provisional shot if the first one would have been out of bounds. See, now I'm because I didn't I didn't get to watch that shot in particular. So why did she throw a provisional? Because whether, they, whether it was out of bounds or not, right? She would still take it a meter in from OB. So she, unless she elected to re-tee. right? But 
that's a short, that's a longer shot at that point. Wouldn't you just rather have the easy upshot for the same amount of strokes? On that hole, particularly though, where she, because if she would have been OB, mm-hmm. the problem was is she, there would have, and this is my understanding here, and I'm really trying not to butcher she, this. She was within the rules to do so. I'm just saying. My understanding is, is because of the line mm-hmm. that she took, her disc last inbounds would have been 10 feet from oh, the T-pad. All right, that makes sense. Because you throw wide right yeah. on that hole where her disc would have been considered inbounds. Yeah. She would have been even further So you back. might as well so just it more, Exactly. Yeah, okay. It made more sense for her to re-tee mm-hmm. in the event that her shot would have been out of bounds. She would have taken the plus one penalty stroke and yeah. thrown from the second provisional throw and not the one that was out of bounds that makes sense that yeah. she had to would have had to walk back from because nobody knew right yeah and it, that it makes was total the biggest sense. question yeah. so that there was like a huge thing because nobody knew what was going on with that but she called the provisional throw right um it come to find out when they got up to the disc it was inbounds and that was legitness yeah exactly <laughs> um it was in bounds, meaning she did not take the penalty stroke and did not have to use the provisional throw. Mm-hmm. She was able to throw from where her disc came back in bounds. Right. So, um, little controversy there, but the same thing happened with Kyle Klein. I thought he was done for. I thought that that was it for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and not from like just a stroke perspective, but like a mental yeah. perspective. That late in the in the round, that late in a tournament. It's it's one bad thing like that that completely throws you off the rail. Right. And if you only have three or four holes left to play, at least from what I've seen, it takes, especially unless you're Paul Macbeth or Ricky Wazaki or somebody like that, it yeah. takes a hole or two for you to get the bearing back. For right. You to be like, all right, cool, let me shake that off. He didn't have the luxury of having those few holes to, yeah. to give away to try to get back on track. So super awesome for Kyle Klein. I'm really happy for him you could tell like in his little post post win interview mm-hmm. he was really emotional he was trying to fight back some tears oh yeah he's been fighting for it um and he he deserved it but waco again i think is notorious for just having the largest amount of different winners for a particular tournament like it's just always up in the air and, for waco and here's why so on the course i really like this course it's actually one of my favorite tracks on tour because it has a little bit of everything. The beast. <laughs> yeah, they call it the beast Brazos East because I can't say breast. Correct. <laughs> I find that so funny because it's the shortest course that it, they it's, play all yeah. season. But I like it because it does have the wide open bomber holes that, that does reward those longer throwers. Like, I forget what hole it is, but it's a par four, but you can get there with a bomb for Eagle. But it also has sub 200 feet holes, which is a technical putter shot that you want to get up on a ridge, you know? What is it? Hole four or five? It's basically like every player that I saw, except Nate Sexton, and this is just coverage that I witnessed, Mm -hmm. every player elected to go backhand placement shot around the the bend yeah and because the way it was is it was like a short yeah, curve, yeah, yeah. and then basket was around back to the right side so everybody was taking that short little upshot for placement yeah throwing the little pitch forehand to the basket catching their par nate sexton bro flex hard flex with the cherry pie bro yeah and like had he had an inch an inch further outwards, right. he was hitting no that shot. line perfect. Yeah. But, but that hole is short. Yeah. But was it's considered technical. the fourth hardest hole on the yeah. course. And that's what I love about this course so much. It's like it rewards not only long throwers, but technical players as well. So it literally can be anyone's game. Like I would hate to be like a a Jordan Castro type player who's a decent player, but he's not bombing 700 feet. And go to somewhere like Portland where you need that 700 feet or you're not competing, you know? Now, I heard Terry Miller talking about, which infuriated me, that next year they're working on a ball golf course 
to either use in whole or partly during the tournament, making it probably a four-round tournament with two separate courses if that's the case. And I hate that. I I wish I had a sensor button, but I effing hate that so much. We have enough ball golf courses sensor on tour. What? what? Sensor what? I mean, I, I was going to scream the word fuck. But it would have been funnier if I just censored it. The only time we have to censor anything is when we post clips on social media. That's true. Our listeners can hear us throw fuck bombs all day long. <laughs> um, but like I, I, I literally hate ball golf courses on tour because you're just rewarding the long-ass throwers. And it's boring golf. So the ball golf course I can agree with. The four-day two-course setup, I don't dislike if they do it the way they did lvc yeah i don't i don't hate the two courses because they played the with a the cut after course, round three the they yeah they did the first course it was like two rounds at both courses yeah it was alternating it was first course second course third, second course first course i believe it's how they they did it for the the tournament i i, I don't have a problem with the format but the golf ball the golf yeah but ball the course. ball the ball golf course the, cringe as scott stokely would say yeah it it oh, it makes me so mad and especially well, Kyle, Kyle with, Klein won't have a problem out there with those uh those distance rollers he's putting down bro. I, i'm sure he won't <laughs> but it's just you have one of the best courses on tour in my opinion that it can be anyone's game because it it caters to every type of every type of golf and you're just going to be like well we're just going to put this bomber course so that you so, Throwers like Calvin and Double G have more of the advantage. Don't. Unless they do it well. I'm, I haven't seen the course. But when you say ball golf course, you think wide open fairways and not much yeah. technicality. Unless you live in Michigan. Unless you live in Michigan. Michigan golf case, courses. Some of the ball, ball golf courses are still have very heavily wooded. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> fair. I, I, I just don't like it. And But to my Nate Sexton point, with a course like this, he doesn't have to throw a million feet. But he's been around the game that he has he every other skill. The sweet technical shots, those and be up in the mix. Yeah, my those minute intangibles. But um, I mean, that's my little soapbox for the day. Yeah, I mean, I think all in all, I mean, I don't think we saw what we expected to see at Waco by any means. Just with all the movement, so many people being up there for for that, you know, in yeah. the, running for it basically. Um, but huge shout out to Kyle Klein. I think he did a, an awesome job. He he showed that he had, like you say, that dog. Yeah. He he showed that he had it and he can bring it out. And I mean, bogey free thirteen down at Waco. Fire, 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 absolutely fire. He almost, uh, a couple different shots like were just perfect. Yeah. Like you couldn't have thrown it better. Right. Um. And so, some and some of those those holes, like I mean, like fifteen, unless you're Calvin, are unbirdieable. So you're you're not going to score a perfect 18 down there like Paul did that one time because they changed par. But I mean I think the best you could do there is probably make 15 or 16 down. Yeah, I think so the number 13 down is pretty damn close talking to about was 30. Yeah. 30 down through 3 rounds if you can hit 30 down through 3 rounds you're golden and you're that's pretty much what he did. I think he went 31. He did. He sealed it with 31 down. So, congratulations. If when you're back in Michigan, side note, go Check out the Kyle Klein triumph stamp. Uh, Midnight Prowl 2s, I think they dropped, yeah. and FD3s. They also, did like a dual triumph stamp. Go run. check out his fundraising disc at greatlakesdisc.com. Yeah. Support Michigan, even if you're not from Michigan. Yeah. Go ahead and support Michigan. The great disc state, bro. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of like it's the name has stuck, yeah. and it is massively growing here in Michigan, yeah. and I love it. I love it so much. A bit underrated. Anyways. Switching gears to um, the Open, the Open at Austin. Austin. Formerly the Open Open at Belton, but switched courses, switched locations, switched, switched sponsors. Yeah, yeah, it's Lone Star now, right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, um, I know nothing of this event. Nobody I knows nothing of this event. Don't know a whole lot either. I know that Lone Star is dropping some awesome new plastic for the event. So go check that out at your nearest Lone Star dealer. Or or get or tickets favorite. and go there and check out the vending. Yeah. I mean, go someplace warm. Yeah. Not here. Yeah. Um, still snowing. Still snowing. Um, but good disc off in Michigan. <laughs> open, open at Austin. Um, I'm excited for this because some of the like, 
I didn't. I hear the course is awesome. It's immaculate. I, that's what I literally where I was going. I saw some of the pictures from open at Austin and immaculate. Like right. It looks phenomenal. It like the T pads. No, no T pad gate with this one. Um, yeah, that's just all just audible noise. Um, it looks really nice. I'm, I'm stoked to see it. Played. Uh, the thing that I have is I have absolutely no idea who I'm picking this week. I mean, me neither. Because after without the week, course, I don't know who it caters to. Not I could give a fuck less about the course. <laughs> right. Don't care. It could be a course that I've seen played by so many people so many times, but because of the, the level field of play year, that's happening, yeah. no idea. None. But let's get to our picks. Let's pull up the page. Let's make some picks because, I mean, we can't talk about the course. We can't talk about past years because it's all new. All new. Um I, the one thing we can kind of touch on is that at least tentatively minus VM. Right. Everybody should be everyone there. Everyone should be there. Ricky, I believe, has been practicing. So hopefully that, you know, that physical therapy and stuff is treating him well. Yeah. Um, tentatively, Ricky's back. Um, other than Valerie Mondejano. Um, I think which is still see. up in the air at the the moment. Yeah, I know I, that she's been dealing with the ankle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my guess is she she's skipping the entire Texas swing. That would be my guess too. And I think from her perspective, that's probably tough on her because mm-hmm. she's from there. Like that's the hometown crowd, realistically. Yeah. So I think that's probably tough on her. But as we can see, it doesn't matter the level of play that you're at. You know, like. Oh no, Ricky Wysocki, Valerie Mondahano, or doesn't matter. You gotta, you gotta do what you need to do to recover the right way. Yeah. So, like, if if it's what she needs to do to make sure that she's coming back two or three weeks from now to play the best golf that she can play, mm-hmm. more power to her. I think that we're gonna see VM very very soon. Um, but other than that, I think everybody's there. I think so too. So, um, that being said, let's without further ado, switch over because um, ladies first. We are here to present your picks of the week. I, 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 that's going to be my thing every week now. I can't stop. Um, all right, all right. So you want me to go first? Yeah, you still looking? So you you got to pick Kristen in first. She's just playing. So consistent and i don't know the course so without knowing the course and how it suits to anybody's games i gotta pick Kristen in first i'm a, i have to evelina is a non-issue until she can clean up her putting i i made that mistake once not making that mistake again until you prove me wrong evelina um let's see so Kristen first i will say Mm, this is hard. I wish I knew the course. I will see Katrina Allen second. And I will say Ella Hansen third. I think that momentum coming off Waco is going to be good for her. She wants it. I think that I think I'll have her in third. I like it. I like it. And Katrina is if it's an open course, Katrina can bomb. Uh, She didn't do all that great at Waco, but it's not really a bombers course. I think that's part of her game that really helps her to her advantage. So I'm I'm banking on it's going to be more open than wooded, but I don't know. And I'm just going to pick Katrina because why not? All right. Man. It's like hard not to just go boom, boom, boom. I feel you. You can if you want. No, I I for sure I'm going to put Kristen first. Yeah, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a wash. It's a, it's a safe bet. Um, oh, I don't have the uh, the, the Jeopardy theme anymore. Hey now, you're an Get your game on, go play. All I got. I think I'm putting Ella second. Okay. And I'm going to put Paige Pierce third. Okay, so there is a chance for you to get some points on me if Paige comes in third. 
like extra extra points. I know, and we were just kind of talking about this earlier that like the Texas swing for Page is not. But this is a new course, so it's a new course. But I also think that like shaking the rust off at Waco, mm-hmm. um, I think we'll we'll see something. Yeah, we'll see something from her. We'll see so something. I'm gonna go Kristen, Ella Hansen, Page Pierce. All right, what are you doing for the Dark Horse Pick of the Week? Dark Horse Pick of the Week. And this is kind of an out there one. I pick Sayonata. That's not too far out there. She's she she that that girl good. She real good. Um she was up there in like in the talk mm-hmm. after day one um at Waco. Uh, I think she just switched sponsors. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know that but one. I'm going to pick Sai. I'm going to pick Sai as my top five wild card of the week. So if, do you want to scroll down? Because my wild card's going to be wild. Mm, maybe not that wild. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right. Um, I will go. You know, what? I'll go Annika Sten. She's been playing good. Uh, I mean, her rating doesn't really reflect how good I think she is. So she's sort of, from Norway. 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 Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Norway. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go Annika Sten. I don't know much about her game other than what I've seen on coverage. So I just, I'm just, I just feel it in my bones. All right, I like it. Let's let's switch to MPO. Bum, 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 bum. Mixed Pro Open. This 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 is, is anybody's game. Yeah, this is where it gets mildly fun because I have absolutely it's freaking rash on my hand. It's bugging me, bro. All right, you want me to go first for MPO? Yeah, send it. Okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking. And I'm not just saying this. I know, just just hear me out. I'm not going to put Paul in the top three, but he is due for one soon. He's been in contention both He'd weeks be so the far. the definition of the safest top five wildcard pick that somebody could pick. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm never going to pick Paul as a wildcard pick because he could win any given week. It's easy points, though. It is, but what I'm going to do is I think first place is going to be Calvin Heimberg. I think he's going to go number two for the season, really early in the season. He's playing so good right now. Um, and if it's an open course, I mean, he was the only one of the only players to actually have a chance at birdie on fifteen during Waco. So he it, distance in his apartment is no problem. Number two, I'm going Kevin Jones. He's been playing he great disc playing golf really lately. Good. And I we I gotta apologize because after the All Stars I was like what the hell is he doing what did he even practice and then he comes out at Vegas and Waco and kills it so I I don't think he almost kills it kills it for Kevin Jones standard that's fair um throwing it in Prodigy's face a little bit a little bit uh you know a little a little what you think of that Prodigy without a high level athlete for the 2023 season unquote and i do i do think that kevin jones if he keeps it up will win i just don't think it's going to be this this early in the season number 3 i'm going matteo i like it he was playing lights out bro yeah he and dude he's been around so long and he i, I mean can't you can't not root for the guy i agree uh, for my wild card pick, I think, I think, I think I'm just going to go Col- Cole Rodallin. I think after seeing him play at Waco, uh, I mean, if he's even, is he, is he signed up for the open at Austin? I don't see him in this, this page. Oh, I'm sure he's down here. I, yeah, oh, yeah sure. he's down here. Okay. Um, yeah, I think with that momentum, He's going to ride it into this, and I don't think he's going to get top three, but top five, yeah. I, I can see that happening for sure. I like it. How about you, sir? Are you going to go Ricky? I'm not. 
He's Rick, got he, Ricky's not even in my top three. He's got to be a non-factor for this tournament after that wrist injury. In my, my number opinion. one is actually probably going to surprise you. Paul Macbeth. It is Paul Macbeth. All right. Number one That's is fair. Paul Macbeth. I think I agree with you 100% wholeheartedly that he's due. He's not been playing bad golf by any means. Um, here's the thing. He's been playing bad golf golf to Paul Macbeth standards and correct. still being in the mix. Correct. Yeah. So I think he's due. I think it being a new course that a lot of my picks are just based off of experience right now. Like fair. just yeah. knowing the game, knowing shot shape, thing like that. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say about Paul and not to dive into our our little i yeah i won't elaborate we're trying to keep this short we've been yeah, busy not with to other dive projects into our, our little beef yeah i think paul and granted it's not like he's playing bad golf like you said but i think paul is limiting himself too much with what he's comfortable with that's fair. I mean, Paul even said it during a press conference. It's like, I'm not playing as good as I used to. Well, so. when like Waco mm-hmm. final round at Waco, how many mid ranges do you think Paul Macbeth had in his bag? Uh, you, I don't know. And w- what, like what? A Just- Malta, a buzz and probably two buzzes, like an understable, but no, he's been digging the buzz SS lately. So I think he's uh buzz SS buzz Malta. You'd be mad wrong. Yeah. He had three buzzes. Oh, okay. Straight buzzes. Not buzz SS's, not buzz OS's. That's fair. Three straight buzzes. Those are the only mids that he took in. And I'm not saying because I'm not, I'm not pro. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the knowledge or the game or any of that. But my thought is, especially like if you looked at, let's say, Kyle Klein. Yeah. A majority of his bag going into Waco was made up of mid-ranges because of the shorter holes, being able to work the shot shapes a little bit more. And I'm not saying that that was the cause of Paul losing or anything like that. I'm just saying that Paul, like the comment that he made about the Buzz OS, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just can't, I I don't see myself, like, cool, that's great. Yeah. But you can't do that for every single thing. Like he didn't like the Venom. Like when they re-released the Venom, he was like, no, I'll just keep using my force. Yeah, I also he has a signature force. I agree. And you know, <laughs> like I get it. and he has his own line of discs. Yeah. So like it doesn't much matter. Right. But like even then, like you have a Malta. Right. You're not you don't have a Malta in the bag? It's just things yeah. like that that And who I, no, we're not on the ground though, so like on like placement shots where you need an overstable mid, do you need an overstable mid or do you need a a, a neutral mid that'll fly farther and not dump? Well, you know, and that's, who knows? that's the whole point is like, I don't have the game knowledge just yet to ultimately be like, oh, well, he should have thrown this. Right. I don't know. I will say that I know and it's been stated in the past. I'm not saying I'm an insider on this, but for forehands, even if it's a shorter forehand, Paul likes using a distance driver and just, you know, speeding down on it to get the stability out of it. Yeah. So, like, I know there's that, but, I mean, that also can cause skips. But that's just how he feels comfortable. And if you're going to be confident in your comfortability. Well, he's my number one. So, like, I'm not hating. Yeah, for sure. So, number one pick, Paul McBeth. Okay. Number two pick, Daddy's up. Coming back. Okay. I think he will be feeling a little refreshed. Got to spend some time with his family. He's not posted any recent vlogs, so my guess is is he's probably just been hardcore practicing. Yeah, probably putting. Putting, still trying to feel like he's, again, another one that's completely rebuilding a bag, probably yeah. more so more than so a than, lot of people because yeah. he's had the same shit in his bag for the last decade. Right. Even when Discmania was releasing new plastic, he was still throwing a Nova Tool Discmania plastic. Right. So um, I'm picking da- uh, Simon Lazat for my second pick. I think it's a safe pick uh, at two. I'm not necessarily sure he'll have the momentum to take it, but I do think that he's not shown up yet Yet. this season, and he's definitely due for one. He didn't show up like he showed up at All-Stars, that's for sure. No, dude, he balled out at All-Stars. But I also think All-Stars is a completely different thing where there's like no pressure. Yeah, there's none. I don't think we're ever going to see Simon Lazat throw a 360 bomber drive in like a sanctioned event unless he has like a 10 stroke lead 
Yeah, like he's like murdering. Where it doesn't matter, and it's just like all show showmanship at this yeah. point. Um, Simon Lazat at two, three. Chris Dickerson, I think he is also due. Yeah. Um. To be fair, Waco was his first event. It was his first event. Um. Well, yeah, well, he didn't play like terrible, but you could definitely tell that he was shaking some rust off mm-hmm. on certain stuff. Um, but I'm picking Chris Dickerson at three. Okay. Um, I, it's a safe bet. Uh, I like that pick. Chris Dickerson at three. And my top five wild card pick of the week. <sighs> this one I'm struggling with. Going Corey Ellis. You know, I don't hate it. I'm going Corey Ellis. I he's, think he's, I mean, like he played really well at All Star. Um, we haven't seen too much of him since then. Yeah. But, um, but he's put himself in positions before, and I think a top five finish for Corey Ellis is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. By uh, any stretch of the imagination, Corey, Corey Ellis. I'm feeling Corey Ellis. Uh, I dig his personality. Like some of the BTS stuff that like yeah. I've been able to catch. Uh, super cool cat. Um, Corey Ellis, top five pick, wild card pick of the week. Sounds um, good to me. And we'll 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 see how it plays out. See how it plays out. So that's it. That's all we got for today. Yeah, quick one, quick little one. We have some kind of working on some awesome extra stuff. Um, can't necessarily dive into too much detail just yet, but, but as soon as we can, you guys will be the first to know about it. You guys will be the first to know. Um, stay tuned to the the socials, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebooks. Uh, check out the Scott Stokely YouTube interview. That's definitely live and active. Um, and stay tuned for some other awesome stuff that we have going on because like, again, big things happening with C1. Big things happening. Big things. And, uh, you already know where to catch us next week, y'all. See ya. Deuces.